Welcome, everyone, to the Wednesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. Look, I got the hard part out of the way. I remembered the name of the podcast, and I am your host, Tyler Crawley, always also another important name to remember. And this week, we're heavy on housing data which is good because you know housing is kind of important here for this podcast. And we started the week out. We started on Monday with home builder confidence and then which wasn't good. Well, it was not a good survey. The monthly survey fell under the break even point. So I got to assume that a lot of people heading into Tuesday looking at the construction data from the Census Bureau, building permits, housing starts, housing completions, people were not optimistic. And well, the headline number, the top line number, everyone was talking about it. Housing starts fell almost 10%, but the report itself was kind of a mixed bag because housing completions were actually up and building permits didn't fall as much as expected. So even though the top line number and the headline you know, across all media was this was a horrible report, it was actually kind of a mixed report. So I want to be clear about that. But let's start with the headline. Everyone was talking about it. That was housing starts. Big drop in July. Way more. I mean, it was almost 10 times worse than what they were expecting. That's that's not good <laughs> when you're 10 times worse than what economists were expecting. So this is from the Census Bureau. Privately owned housing starts in July fell 9.6%. I mean, statistically, that's basically 10% to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 1.446 million. Economists had projected it was only going to fall 1.3%. So like I said, almost 10 times worse than what economists were projecting. Housing starts are now down 8.1% when compared to the same time last year. And so that got all the attention and rightfully so. I mean, it's a big drop. It's a big miss by economists. But it wasn't the whole story. So while housing starts plummeted, building permits, as I mentioned, fell less than expected and completions were actually up. Privately owned housing units authorized by building permits fell 1.3% to a seasonally adjusted rate of 1.67 million. That is smaller than the 3% drop that economists were predicting. And I got to say, I mean... It makes sense. I mean, I don't blame the economists for that pro- uh, projection because, you know, we, we see what's happening with home builder confidence. You would think the area that would be most impacted would be building permits, but it really was housing starts. So I, I don't blame economists for making this miss. I mean, for over projecting with regards to building permits and then maybe under projecting for housing starts. And as I mentioned, housing completions, privately owned housing completions increased month over month, 1.1% to a seasonally adjusted rate of 1.42 million. And that is also higher year over year, 3.5%. So kind of a mixed report. Building permits didn't fall as much as expected and housing completions actually up. But of course, the headline number is getting all the attention. And I do have some more silver linings in this report, especially if you live, where do you think? In the South, it's always that's always the silver lining. If there is one, it's going to be the Southern region. The South continues to dominate when it comes to construction. 
I mean, it's crazy. So month over month, housing starts fell 18.7% in the South. So you would think, oh my gosh, the South must be just taking it on the chin. They still make up 49% of housing starts across the country. So almost 50% of housing starts are happening in the South. And actually the numbers get better from there. With regards to building permits, 55% of building permits are in the Southern region, despite a 0.1% drop from June to July. And then housing completions. And this is great news for the South because we need houses in the South. When you look at the year over year data, month over month data on home price appreciation, I mean, it's crazy in the South because we need homes. And so it was great to see that the numbers were up nationally and 51% of housing completions are in the South. I mean, it just, it's nuts. I mean, pretty much across the board, 50% of building permits, housing starts and housing completions are happening in one region, the South. So if you're looking for another silver lining in this report, if you're in the South, that's your silver lining. And then uh, it should be noted that housing starts fell to their lowest level. This is nationwide, not just the South, nationwide, since August 2020. Now, I saw a lot of reports that were arguing that it was early 2021. And I looked at the data on this, and it was close. I mean, statistically, you can make that argument, but it was actually like 1,000. I mean, so it was like percentage-wise, it was like, 0.5% or something like that, um, higher. So technically that number was, or lower, I should say. So technically that number was there, but everyone was saying early 2021. And then building permits did fall to their lowest level since September 2021. So we are seeing a slowdown. You know, we're seeing it in home builder confidence, and now we're seeing it in actual data. And it should, and just to remind everyone, that the home builder confidence, the numbers that we got at the beginning of this week, that is from August. So that is actually ahead of this data that we're talking about, because this is from July. So you have to imagine that the numbers are not gonna be good next month with regards to probably all of this. Well, completions completions are a different story because I mean, that's the reason that we've had issues with, with housing completions is because of supply chain problems. Uh, and not being able to, you know, get garage doors and get windows and everything else. And so as things start to kind of calm down and we see a slowing in building, I think those housing completion numbers are going to jump up. And that's why trying to figure out what's going to happen with inventory is kind of difficult. And a lot of people have said that's sort of the wild card in all of this. We talked about Altos Research, Mike Simonson, the CEO over there has said that that is the wild card because there are so many homes out there that are under construction and have been for a while. And the reason they're not getting completed is, you know, labor is obviously an issue, but a lot of it's supply chain uh, problems. And so if all of a sudden things kind of slow down and they're able to get all of these products and they're able to finish those homes, we could see the housing completion number kind of jump up. But building permits, housing starts, there's no doubt that number is going to continue to fall. I mean, as things continue to slow. And speaking of slowing, I would say there's probably no better indication of 
us reaching kind of the top of the market than people having second thoughts. I mean, that's probably the one of the best indicators. A lot of people are misinterpreting this data as proof that, oh my, you know, here comes the housing crash. But I actually look at it as more people sort of coming to the realization that we might be at the top or at least close to it. Either, you know, we're about to start the descent or we've already started it. And they're thinking, oh, well, maybe I can hold on here. And the data I'm talking about, this is the latest report from Redfin that says 63,000 home purchase agreements fell through in July. That was equal to about 16.1% of homes that were under contract during that month. And that was a big jump up. In fact, it's the highest that number has been since April of 2020 and is just below the low of 17.5%. That was the highest that we saw in March of 2020. So you're seeing a lot of people who are getting into housing contracts and then going, "Uh, actually, maybe not. And where is it the worst? Florida. (laughs) For dramatic effect, I was pausing there. In Jacksonville, Florida, top spot, 29% of home purchase agreements were called off in July. Las Vegas took the number two spot, 27.4%. Lakeland, Florida, once again, Florida, uh, that was 26.2% of contracts fell through. New Orleans, 25.9%. And San Antonio, 25%. Now, what do all those places have in common? Those were all the record hot housing markets that we've been talking about for the last two years. Las Vegas, you know, Texas, San Antonio, and then, of course, Florida. I mean, these were the hot housing. I'm surprised Phoenix isn't on that list. I actually saw some data. I think it was Bill McBride posted some data from Phoenix, and the inventory levels in Phoenix are reaching levels they haven't seen since 2017. I mean, it was... It was like four months ago, they had no inventory and inventory is now shot up to the point where it's matching levels they haven't seen in almost five years, 2017. So I'm surprised Phoenix isn't on this list, but this is not surprising overall. I mean, because, you know, we talked about the consumer affairs report, 78% of Americans think the housing market is going to crash. <laughs> you talk to all these people. I mean, listen, you go on YouTube, you you know, look at podcasts, you're on Twitter, you're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is. You got all these videos, all these, you know, crash bros who for two years have been calling for a housing crash. And now they feel like, oh my gosh, everyone's now starting to agree with what I've been saying. Now, what's funny is they've been saying this for two years and, and you know, they haven't changed their tone at all. You would, you would think that anyone who was calling for a housing crash in 2020 and 2021 would would automatically be discredited because (laughs) we saw the hottest housing market in maybe the the history of housing. And they were calling for a crash. (laughs) And so it's like, how are people still listening to these people? But that's another story for another day. But what's I think kind of being misinterpreted about this is that this isn't a situation where people are saying, I can't afford to buy people, you know, leaving these contracts, you know, they were, they were qualified. I mean, now, I mean, I I know things have cooled off, but if you've gotten into a situation where you were, you know, agreeing to buy a home and you're, you you know, you move forward, you put in an offer, it was accepted and you're moving forward in the process. I mean, you got pre-qualified. 
I mean, so this isn't a situation where people can't afford to do it, at least by the numbers. Maybe they're having second thoughts. Maybe it's more than they would like to spend. Maybe they got kind of caught up in the situation. But that's not a situation where it's it's people can't afford to do it. They're just having second thoughts. And the reality is, is because nobody wants to buy the top. Nobody wants to pay the most money for something when they think six months from now, it could be cheaper. And that's what everyone thinks. You know, we're in a situation where everyone thinks six six months from now, home prices are going to be less and rates are going to be lower. And I mean, that's a combination for a much better deal. And so people are stepping back. And one of the Redfin agents in Jacksonville said in this press release, Alex Mallon said that some buyers who are backing out of deals have this mindset that the market is crashing and they'll be able to get a home for $100,000 less in six months. And she points out that's you know not, nece- not necessarily the case. And you know it's funny, I was talking to someone yesterday about this and I said, if it makes sense to buy a home right now, buy it. You know, this idea that you're worried that the home might fluctuate in in price by five, ten percent, something along those lines. Sure, no one wants to see that happen. But if it makes sense and you're gonna be in that home five to ten years, buy the home. If rates fall, you can refi, okay? I mean, you can refi and get a better rate. But this idea of trying to time the market is a horrible idea. And it reminded me of, and I save this, I have this on my phone actually, because it's, it's so funny because this goes back to all these people who have been calling for the housing crash for two years now. And it was a tweet by Sean Gorman. And he said, quote, this is my, this is back in February of 2022 housing market on fire in February of this year. My neighbor sold his house 18 months ago for $642,000 because he promised me the market was going to crash. Remember everyone in 2020 that thought, oh, here it comes, you know, the foreclosure crisis, all these problems are gonna arise. He had a grand plan to rebuy the market at a 50% discount. So he thought that that home he was selling for 642,000, he was gonna buy it back for what is that, 320,000? He thought the housing market was going to crash 50%. He rented a house for $3,500 a month. His house is now worth $1.1 million. <laughs> I mean, so this guy thought he had a foolproof plan. Of course, you know, the pandemic's hitting. It's going to be awful. The economy's going to crash. I'm going to sell my house. I'm going to buy it back. I'm going to make all this money. And now this guy, this, I mean, this, this, whoever his neighbor is, is screwed. I mean, so he sold his house before any of the insanity. And even if the market crashes, even if the market were to crash, you know, 20%, 30%, he still would have to pay more than what he sold his house for. And he spent the last two years renting. So my advice to anyone who's in a situation, if you find a home and you like it and you can afford it, buy the house. (laughs) Okay. Don't try and time the market. People much smarter than you and I cannot time the market. Okay. If anyone, if anyone could time the market, they'd be worth trillions of dollars and nobody is nobody. People on people on wall street who do nothing all day long, but study charts, historical data. They look at everything and they can't time the market. But like, you know, these people who read, 
couple articles in Forbes or the Wall Street Journal or you know not actually probably not even that because those are those are paywalled. It's probably um, you know, I'm trying to think what Yahoo Finance. They're like I I'm gonna time this market. I'm gonna be perfect when I make this decision. Do not try and time the market. Okay, it's it. it Whatever you think is going to happen, sure, you might get lucky and, and and be right. But the vast majority of people who try and time markets are wrong. Okay? Even the people that know what they're doing are wrong. All right. Speaking of knowing what we're doing, we're going to go. I am out of here. I have used up all my funny jokes, all my brilliant insight. It's done. I'm I'm officially out. I will see you guys on Thursday morning. You guys, what do we got happening? Oh, we got uh, mortgage demand, always a important data point. And of course, uh, mortgage rates from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Always get that on Wednesday. So we'll be talking about it on Thursday's show. You guys, enjoy your Wednesday. See you Thursday. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. Wait.